Uh, good to be with you this morning, and I want to look at God's Word with you. I want to speak about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. And, you know, so many topics we speak about uh, through our sermon series, as well as on Sundays, uh, so many areas of life uh, that are so important that we cover, that we learn and, and apply uh, to our everyday living. And, uh, you know, we're entering into a season, into a time, school graduations, and, and it's a time where we honor the, uh, the, the scholastic uh, abilities and uh, the accomplishments of those who are graduating from grade schools, high schools, colleges, universities. We appreciate them for their effort, commitment, as well as uh, uh, all that they've accomplished through the years that they've attended school. And what this season tells us, this graduating season tells us, is that learning is important. Learning and uh, uh, listening and developing should never stop uh, in a person's life, especially as Christians. There should always be in our life a time where we learn and apply and implement uh, what the Word of God speaks to us about. Learning is critical that we apply that principle in everything we do in life. Uh, Sidney J. Harris, here's a quote by him. He said this, it, it's really profound when you think about what he said. The whole purpose of education and learning is to turn mirrors into windows. And when you think about that, that's true because when you learn, there's an expansion, there's an opening of understanding, there's a, a revelation of, of what uh, is ahead in the future. Instead of uh, standing in a mirror and just looking at our problems, looking at our, our issues that we have to deal with, when we apply ourselves and want to learn, we develop the ability to take care of those problems. We see further than just ourselves. And it's so important that uh, we understand that concept and that we pass that concept on to uh, those who are following, our children, uh, our loved ones. As Christians, we come to church. Yes, we worship. We love the worship. We love the praise. So it's, that's so important. It's an important part of our service to God. But it goes uh, on, uh, beyond uh, the worship and the praise. And it has to do with the importance also of learning God's Word, of uh, learning and, and applying what God wants to show us, where He wants to take us beyond where we are. Just like that quote says, windows that are open in our understanding till we can see, yes, that's what God has for me. That's where God wants me to go. That's what He's trying to accomplish in our lives. To learn how to become better husbands and wives, sons and daughters, friends, uh, better men and women of God. Because we're disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know discipleship has to do with that developing of a desire to learn and the ability to receive instruction. Learning is one of the cornerstones of Christianity. And so that's why we call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ. We are are, are, are people uh, who are moving forward 
in God's Word. So uh, I entitled this sermon, Created to Learn, because God created us to learn, to grow, to be fruitful. And in our text, what I have is the book of Psalms, chapter 119, and in verse 73, the psalmist writes, and he gives us instruction and understanding, because we have been created to learn. It reads, your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your command. Such a simple but profound scripture that gives us revelation, opens uh, the window to why we are placed on this earth, why God created us. Not to, to just be still, not to stop growing, but to learn to be better people of God, to learn how to help our children, how to help uh, uh, those family members that we love, how we can encourage those who may be hurting and struggling. So our goal at New Harvest Norwalk has always been Yes, to worship, to praise, to come to church, uh, to give God all the glory and honor, but yet to educate and to instruct people regarding the Word of God. We do that because we know that it's a foundation for living. God's Word is a foundation for life so that we can be successful, so we can uh, set the goals that we have, the desires that we have, that we can reach them with God's help uh, because we've learned how to make right decisions. We've learned how to make right uh, 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 decisions concerning our lives. It's so important we understand that. And that's what we do here. That's what we want to achieve in Proverbs chapter 9. And I have a lot of scripture this morning. So uh, go ahead and write them down. Go back and study them so you can go over what it is that God's Word says for us this morning. Proverbs 9 and verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy one is understanding. For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. And you see, blessing comes, years of increased fruitfulness, and, and life comes when we strive to learn the Word of God. And we implement this here in our church. This is why we have Relate Home Groups where people can gather together in these different settings, these different homes, and study the Word of God and learn about the Word of God. This is why we've implemented uh, these uh, principles in our church, but not only for adults, but yet we've done it for our children also. How many know it's important that our children learn the Word of God? It's important for our children to understand the principles of God's Word. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, it says to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I love that scripture because we've seen it 
played out over and over and over again in our church, in our congregation, in ministry. We've had uh, young people who have been raised in church. They've grown up into adulthood. And for whatever reason, sometimes they decide, you know, I want to go out in life and I'm not going to go to church anymore. And they go out and they start living their life and doing whatever they do because now, you know, they're 18, right? 18, the magical number, and I can do what I want now and I don't have to do what my parents say. I'm, I'm an adult. And they go out and do what they do. And sometimes they go crazy. They do crazy things. They do dumb things, you know. They, they'll get married, it's a good thing, and, and you know, they, they have kids. And you know what we've experienced here? Because, you know, we have a K-12 through school here, New Harvest Christian School here in, in our church. And uh, what we found is that those kids who went out and sowed the wild oats, when they grow up, they get smarter. They have kids. You know what they do? They come back here, and they put their kids in our school where they grew up and where they learned. That's, that's what the Scripture says. When you teach them, you train them, uh, they will not depart from it. It may take some time, but I guarantee you it comes to pass. And that's what's so exciting about learning and teaching what we've implemented here in our church and what we as Christians should valued, so, so important, our Sunday school, while we're here and we're learning and we're being taught the Word of God, our children, they're not outside throwing rocks, they're not breaking windows or whatever the case might be, they're in church, they're in Sunday school, learning the Word of God, teachers are teaching them, instructing them, helping them to understand godly principles on Wednesday night. We have the Royal Rangers for our young men, young boys. We have an impact for our young girls and young ladies where they learn about the Word of God and developing God's Word. Testimonies after testimonies that we've heard. Friday night, we had a tremendous prayer central here. Tremendous testimonies about how God was able to help them to get their children to graduate from our school that that God has blessed them, and they were, they were just sharing their hearts, how proud they were, how excited. And I get excited when I hear that because God has given us the ability to help people to be able to have the opportunity not only to come to church to learn, but yet to come to school and get academically trained and, 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 and be able to move on in, in higher learning if that's the case, but yet also to have good uh, character development take place because that's so, so important in a child's life. That their character is developed uh, as they are growing up. And what better place to have that character developed than in a Christian setting, in a Christian school, through uh, the Word of God being implemented in their life. I think about what's going on. In the public school systems today, and I know sometimes it's difficult for me to, to I said earlier this morning at the first service, to, to speak in no way, shape, or form, but what I do speak about is the system and how the system is broken when it comes to the public school system. Some of the things that they want to bring into the children's minds uh, at an early age, a kindergarten, in preschool, that things they want to teach them that should not be taught, number one, by 
a, a stranger, but should be taught by a parent at an older age when they are come to a time to be able to understand that. Some of the principles and ideas that are being implemented in, 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 into our children's minds as Christians, we have to be careful. What we allow our children's minds uh, to be filled with, uh, it's our responsibility to teach them as we learn truth, as we learn godly principles, we are to impart that in whichever way we can uh, to our children so that their minds would be filled with godly things, good things. Yes, knowledge, academics, yes, uh, we do that, the three R's, we do that, but yet uh, character-building principles. So, so, so important. Christian writer Zig Ziglar and speaker, he said these words. Listen carefully. You are what you are, and you are where you are as a result of, was, of, of what has gone into your mind. You can change what you are, and you can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. That's so, so true, isn't it? Because what we fill our minds with uh, is what we're going to produce uh, in the end. We understand that. And so the question is, what are we allowing our children's minds to be filled with? Because what we allow our children's minds to be filled with uh, is going to result uh, in uh, where they go in life. And that's a proven fact. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. You've heard the quote, Sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. This morning, it's so important, and uh, I do want to put in a plug that, you know, if at all possible, and you can uh, help to pray for our school, pray for the children, pray that God would bring wisdom and understanding to, to them, that they would be able to serve God and, and make right choices, pray for parents that they would consider putting their children into our school here at New Harvest. You know, uh, let me just say this, and, and you know, I want, our, I want more kids to come into our school here at New Harvest, but if you have something against our school here, then put them in another Christian school. That, I, and I'll be equal, all right? Yes, I would love them here, but... When it comes to education, you know, times are getting difficult. Times are getting really ugly. And the things that are being taught to children in no way represent uh, godly principles or no way represent what we as Christian men and women want our children to grow up believing. And so, I know it costs. I can't afford it. You know, I, can't, I got this, I got that. And, you know, throughout the, the, I was told, I said 20 years our church, our school has been going. But 30, probably closer to 30 years that our school has been going. Praise God for that. And you know, 
We've had our trials. We've gone through our ups and downs, as any school has. There have been so many schools that have shut down, Christian schools in the area that have closed down. We've stayed open. We stood open even through the pandemic. For the most part, we stood open helping kids to come to school, whether in the class or out in the tent. And you saw all the things that had to take place. Thank God for those uh, teachers and, and those assistants who helped to, to do all that and get our teachers, our, our kids taught. They went through a lot. And, you know, we got, you know, we had to deal with the health department wanting to shut us down and putting signs and sending out memos and people angry at us and sending out emails and Twitters and all the rest of that to shut them down and blah, 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 blah. And the health department comes, oh, we got a complaint, and we got a complaint, and we got a complaint. And they find us, and we got fined as we stood open. Every fine, 500 bucks, $500 fine. Someone came and said, well, what, you know, don't pay the fine. Just shut the school down. What are you doing? You know what I told them? I said, you know what? That child's worth more than $500. Those kids are worth more than 500 bucks. We'll pay more than $500 to keep kids from attempting suicide like some of the other ones are, to keep kids from getting involved in heartache and drug and depression and all that took place during the time the pandemic was going on. We'll pay it because children are worth it. The price is worth paying. How much more should we as parents look at our children and say, sacrifice. Yes, we will sacrifice. Thank God for parents who sacrifice to send their children, their grandchildren to our school here or to a private Christian school because they understand the, the ramifications of that child's upbringing and the consequences of what might happen if they're out there. Second Timothy chapter 2 is, I'm saying, as learners created to learn. So many things we could be learning. So, many, so much information. We live in the information, day of information. It's, it's, it's just at your fingertips. And we have to be so careful about what information we allow to come into our lives and what we allow to come in to our loved ones' lives also. 2 Timothy 2.15, study. To show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then he says, but shun, stay away from profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Study to show yourself approved. Study God's word. Why? So you'll know what vain babblings are. So you know what ungodly things are. How do you know? When you study God's word, you know right from wrong, truth from deception. And we're able to bring that into our children's lives also. Because I guarantee you, I mean, the Apostle Paul was living in a day when he spoke to Timothy and he wrote this to him, the importance of it, because of all the false doctrines and all the crazy lifestyles of living that was going on during his time. I'll tell you what, I think we've accelerated that in this day and age. 
we bypass the things uh, that they would even dream or think about allowing and saying uh, is legal. So that's why it's so critical that we take to heart that we, as uh, James says, don't just be hearers but be doers. And I take it a step further and don't just hear what God is saying. Listen. Listen to what is being said. Because we can hear a lot of stuff. But are we really listening to what we need to, make, uh, to take place into our lives? You see, our personal growth, development, success are key elements to a Christian life that is fruitful and uh, that is uh, going to glorify God. Psalms 25 and verse 4, the psalmist speaks these words, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, for I wait all the day long. You see, he wanted to learn. He wanted to hear God's word. He wanted truth in his life. He wanted to be led and taught. And how much more should we as the people of God study the word of God, to learn the word of God so we can apply it into our lives? Because really, that's the only way we're going to succeed through this difficult time we're living in. That's the only way our marriages are going to be successful during these crazy times. Our children are going to learn right from wrong during these crazy times is that when we yearn to learn from God's Word. Someone said when you stop learning and receiving instruction, you stop growing in wisdom and in standing. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13 Hold on to instruction or take hold of instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Guard it, protect it, hold on to it because it matters this morning and every day we come to church, every day you're at home. Get the word of God and let it wash over you to give you wisdom and understanding for life. What are some of the roadblocks that keep us from wanting to learn? Well, one of them is our selfish nature. How many know we can be selfish people? Right? We can all be selfish people. You heard that story about the, the husband who went out to the donut shop and bought uh, a donut for he and his wife. He bought two donuts. He came, walking back to the house, he dropped one of the donuts. What do you think he said to his wife? Honey, I'm sorry, but I dropped your donut. Why wasn't it his donut? Because he was selfish. He wanted the donut. There are times when selfishness kicks in and we don't want to learn, especially when we don't like to be told what to do. Isn't that true sometimes? We don't like to be told what to do. Why? Because we want to be the ones giving the instruction, not receiving them. We want to be the ones telling people what to do instead of being told what to do. That's part of the selfish nature, especially when we don't agree with what's being said. That's why 
when parents, you can identify with me when kids use that little saying, I can't wait till I'm 18. What they're really saying is, I don't like what you're saying. I don't like what you're making me do. I don't like what, 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 what you're telling me. Proverbs 12 and verse 1. Whosoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof or correction is stupid. I didn't say it. Don't throw tomatoes at me. It's the word of God. Solomon, the wisest man on earth, said it. King James says, brutish. If you hate to be taught. You see, we have a tendency to adjust our hearing only to what lines up with our personal preferences and our likes. We like to learn what we want to learn. Pick and choose like a smorgasbord what we want to be taught and the other things that don't settle well, we push aside. We have to be careful that we don't allow selfishness to become a roadblock. Another roadblock is pride. Pride keeps us from learning and being teachable. It won't tolerate instruction. Proverbs chapter 11 and in verse 2, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. See, it's pride that causes us to think that we're better or smarter than other people. It's pride that keeps us from seeing that there's some things we need to learn that we really don't know. We need understanding. Too many people, even though they don't have all the answers or the answer to something, they won't ask a question because they don't want to be embarrassed. How many have ever been there? There's something you don't know, something's being taught, but you don't want to raise your hand and ask, I don't get it. Why? Because they're going to think I'm stupid, right? They're going to think I'm dumb, I'm, I'm thick-headed, that, that I, I don't know anything. Listen to this quote. He who asks a question remains a fool for five minutes. He who does not ask remains a fool forever. Isn't that true? It's better to ask and to walk out of the building knowing, hey, man, you know what? Guess what? I just learned something. Then to walk out, I won't say it. You fill in the blanks. We have the example of the Pharisees in chapter 16 of the book of Matthew. The Pharisees, Sadducees, religious folks, they were filled with pride. They were unwilling to learn from Jesus. They were always trying to catch Jesus, trip him up in, in different things concerning the Word of God. They felt they had more spiritual experience and influence than Jesus had. After all, he's just a carpenter's son. What does he know? They were filled with pride because they were teachers of the law. So they didn't need to learn anything. Someone said to be a person who can teach, we have to be a person who is teachable. They were unteachable. Too many people want to teach, but they don't want to learn. Proverbs 16, verse 18 says, Pride precedes a disaster, and an arrogant attitude precedes a, a fall. It's the problem 
of an unteachable spirit who have people who have to do because of pride, they have to do it their way. It's my way, as they say, or what? Wow. So we all know that saying. We must have all said it some, at one point or thought it at another. Naaman was such a man. He almost missed out on second books, uh, second kings. He almost missed out on a miracle in his life. Story of Naaman, he's a captain, influential man, wealthy man, high up in standing, contracts leprosy. <clears throat> to be a leper in his time was to be an outcast. You were removed from society. No longer were you valued. You were an untouchable, is what they said. People didn't want to be around you. They didn't want to know you. Could no longer associate with family or friends. Outcast. That was Naaman. His servant came up to him and told him, Master, there's a man... Uh, a prophet who, if you go to him, he will pray for you and you will be healed. Well, Naaman thought to himself, nothing to lose. I'm already, you know, I've got this leprosy. I'm an outcast. What, what can I got to lose? So he takes his entourage, his old troop of, of, of people with him, horses, camels, donkeys filled with goods. He comes and, and uh, he comes to Elijah's house. He walks up, knocks on the door. And he doesn't like what happens. He's a man filled with pride. Listen to what goes on. Then Naaman went in Second uh, Kings chapter 5 and verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, he stood at Elijah's door at his house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And by your flesh and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you will be clean. Now listen to Naaman. But Naaman became furious, and he went away. And he said, I said to myself, indeed, he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hands over the place, and heal the leprosy. He was prideful. He didn't want to do it the way the prophet of God said to be done. He didn't want to go dip in the Jordan seven times. He said, I got cleaner rivers where I come from. I could go there and do it. Why do I have to do it his way? He did not want to learn about God and God's way. And how many times have we missed out on what God asked for us? A miracle simply because of pride said, Nah, I don't think so. I got a better way. Just like Naaman, thank God, God, God threw to him through his servant, and he said, hey, if he would have told you to do something hard, you would have done it. He just told you to go jump yourself seven times in Marano Beach, and you would be great, clean, no problem. And so he did it, and he came up clean. You see, when you do things God's way, when you, we put our pride aside, who knows what God is able to do in our family, in our marriage, in our children, when we put aside our thinking, our ways, uh, how God's going to move and say, God, do what you want to do, how you want to do it. You see, a growing Christian is always wanting to learn, seeking wisdom for their lives. 
Positive learning attitudes as I wind us down this morning. Positive learning attitudes. Number one, humility. Say that word with me. Humility. Being able to receive instruction. It's based upon a spirit of humility. Someone said that an open mind and a closed mouth provide a favorable atmosphere for instruction and <clears throat> learning. How many know that's true? Too many times when we're being taught or being corrected or someone's trying to tell us something, uh, we're busy running our mouth instead of listening. How many can say amen? I've been there. Have you been there? I think we've all been there. And so it's better a lot of times uh, to have an open mind and a closed mouth uh, so we can learn something. Psalms 25 and in verse 9. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. It's humility. It means that we're willing to admit that we don't know it all. Do you know any know-it-alls in your life? Don't look this way, and don't look that way, and don't look behind you. God honors a humble spirit and a willingness to receive instruction. And to learn. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, uh, and heal their land. See, when humility comes in a person's life, healing follows. God's hand is upon that individual, those people who are willing to put their pride aside and humble themselves. This is why Jesus was uh, so powerful under the uh, mighty hand of God, able to work miracles because uh, Scripture says uh, that he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. You see, a learner humbles himself, and then lastly, a learner passes on what they've learned. As our worship team makes their way this morning, a learner passes on what they've learned, just as the Apostle Paul spoke to Timothy we come to church and we receive, hopefully and prayerfully, we've learned something new. And then we take that, not to just keep it to ourselves or to not to, to, to hoard it, but God wants us to share what we've learned, to pass it on to somebody else, a friend, a neighbor, a family member, a loved one. Pass on. That's discipleship. That's the process of who we are as Christians Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You see the process here. Christianity, it has two main aspects. One being a learner, discipleship, and secondly, passing it on to other people. Experience teaches only the teachable. 
We have the experience, but are you teachable? Are you willing to learn as the psalmist cried out to the Lord, teach me, show me the paths that I might learn your commands. This morning, what is the reward for those that learn peace? When we allow ourselves to become learners and an open, push aside pride and push aside uh, that which holds back, keeps us from learning. We're able to have the peace of God working in our lives. Philippians 4, 9, Paul writes, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these. And the God of peace will be with you. That's the power of impartation and the power when we're able to learn. And not only do we have peace as a reward, but we have wisdom. We need wisdom in this day and age. Wisdom, so much wisdom, because there's so much stuff out there that says it's wise, but really it's become foolishness. Wisdom is the reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you would have preferred to be speaking. A growing Christian is always learning, always wanting to develop, and always wanting to to learn something new. As that quote said, purpose of learning is so that our mirrors can become windows. What does God want you to see? What does God want you to look at now beyond what you can see now? As we bow our heads before the Lord and close our eyes.